0: Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon, and this is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 43 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn Sales as one of 15 innovating sales influencers to follow. In today's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast, my guest talks about make it about them. Choose curiosity over judgment and through every step of the selling process. She said you've got to truly listen and shut off your own assumptions. She says there's too much assumptions in the sales process. And we must test and prove whether it's true and focus on what is versus what if. My next guess through her work, helps others become more conscious of the energy they bring to the world so that they can make up the potential that is possible inside of them. A sales leader, an executive coach, and an activist. Please welcome Scale Your Sales Podcast, Tara Ryan.
1: Thank you so much for
0: having me, Janice. This is such an honor. Oh, I, I'm I'm really keen to get into, you know, this. We've had a brief conversation. It's like, hold on a minute, let's record. <laughs> oh my god, okay. There's one thing that I. I don't talk nearly enough uh, about, but I know that this is your kind of like area of uh, specialty, which is energy. I've done presentations before about, you know, the the kind of four levels of energy and managing your energy and how important that is. And I know people say of me, oh, you're so energizing. When I speak to you, I feel like really motivated. And I say that's about managing your energy. So I know this is your area. So, yeah. Give us some of your wisdom and knowledge around how energy helps to
1: direct your impact. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because so I was a sales leader for or in sales, software sales um, in particular for 11 years, both as an individual contributor and a sales leader. And I wish I had been as in tune and aware of how my energy impacts my ability to show up inside of sales when I was actually like totally in the role. But I learned a lot of what I am going to share with you through going um, through a coaching certification program. Um, The program that I went through is called IPEC. There's a million of them out there. And basically what it says is that the more aware we become of the energy that we are channeling, the greater impact that we can have. Because the reality is, right, when we're under stress and pressure, we default, our default energy is either, you know, frustration, or we are quick to react, because we don't have the capacity to um, you know, process things in a way that we want to show up. And being aware of that like is the first step because in sales organizations, right, there's so much stress and pressure um, because there are quotas and deadlines and people asking for things from us all of the time. And when we don't have the tools and the skills to say, hey, I know this is a stressful situation, but I also know that I have a choice to pause before I respond and choose to get out of reaction and into response, it's really hard to do so. In fact, it's impossible. And so sales orgs are filled with all sorts of different energy that is being triggered by the stress and pressure. I think it's quite interesting that we, we're
0: particularly bad I don't know about in America, but certainly in the UK, and to a certain extent, some of of Europe, we're not very good at training leaders to be leaders and training managers to be managers, we get promoted, especially in sales, based upon our previous quota attainment. So if you, you know, 150% above quota, you're doing really well, you're celebrated, let's promote you and very little training around how you manage is a different um is a different energy <laughs> and, and and then how you manage not only manage but understand your own energy and how that translates and transfers to other people so we do get an environment where it's very bullish um And I say it's kind of disrespectful in the language we use, but also in some of the behaviours of what is considered acceptable behaviour that wouldn't be considered acceptable in other environments. So is it down to the lack of training about managing people that has nothing to do with sales or or the lack of uh, awareness of uh, coaching? Or is it down to actually the environment? It works very much in this environment. What what do you think is the
1: source to all of this? I think it's a combination, right? But I think we have to start. But you made a really good point, right? Like energy attracts like energy. So if a leader is stressed out all the time, doesn't have clearly defined boundaries, um, you know, is quick to make judgments around people. Um, They don't seem to have enough time to actually coach and are just telling people what to do constantly. That is going to seep into the energy of the people that they are leading. And that goes to, you know, I'm sure we have all been a part of a team where one person's energy can kind of spoil a whole room. Right. (laughs) Right. Like it's like you, you feel it. And even if other people are, vibing at a much higher frequency, that person who is doom and gloom, or, you know, always looking at the negative side of things, their energy permeates into the rest of the group. It's almost like impossible to get around that. Mm. And so I think to your question, right, like the first step, we owe leaders before they are put into the position of leading a team, we owe them more than we are giving them today. And what I mean by that is real self-exploration, right? So I think we owe our leaders the opportunity to explore themselves, right? What motivates them? Do they actually even want to be in this leadership position or are they only doing it because they feel like this is the only way that they can grow and develop inside of the company? Because that's often true. You know, there are, I wish that we had inside of organizations, more paths of growth, staying in an individual contributor, because a lot of people step into leadership because they're like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm going to make more money. This is how I'm going to be more highly respected inside of the organization. Um, but it's not actually what they, you know, the the details of the job is not actually what they want to be doing. So I think we owe people that are exploring leadership an opportunity to self-reflect Um And then I think those that really do want to step into a leadership role, we need to equip them with the, and and prep them ahead of time by saying like, look, you are an excellent individual contributor and that is why we are, you know, giving you this opportunity, but it is going to be so different Right. And in order to actually build a team that trusts you and is motivated and is going to be able to reach their full potential, you have to find that inside of them versus telling them exactly what they should be doing, because that's different for every person. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I think we just we owe people um, stepping into leadership positions a lot more than we are giving them today
0: yeah yeah I and I remember I um I started uh, I've started several businesses but I started a business where it was dependent on employing lots of well more staff than me yes and after a number of years I realized so it's all very well if you have four employees but when you have 20 employees that's a whole different game and you know I felt in the end that I was just working to pay all of these taxes <laughs> you know yeah. for the company for the employees but also kind of like to mi- not micromanage but you know all of the little detail of you know you never know who's going to turn up that day you know as in their mindset and their attitude or what's happened in their lives and it's like how the moment I signed up to run a business not manage you know like a a category of 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 personalities and and things like that it's a whole different ball game and the thing is you need to in order to grow a business you have to grow through your employees so that's a job that I didn't sign up for I didn't realize how much time was involved that I'm going to have to invest in that but unless I did invest the time and to turn on each one of those employees differently then the business wouldn't grow anyway And I think it's about that kind of education understanding because even though you know I had an MBA, I'd run other businesses, until you're doing that, sometimes you just don't realize that, okay, I can do it, but I don't want to. (laughs) You know, I know what that feels
1: like and I don't want to do that anymore. You know. Exactly. Because when we're doing things that we don't want to be doing, we show up with a different type of energy. Yeah. Right? Like we're much more quick to Judge. We're much more quick to react. We are, it's much easier to fall into frustration, anger, resentment, even. Um, And so I always start, you know, with my coaching clients now. um, One of the first questions we go into is like, what do you want to be doing? What do you want? Let's block out the shoulds and actually tap into yourself, um, and give yourself the freedom to say, this is what I want to be doing.
0: And- Isn't my <laughs> perception. And I wonder, you know, I, I think of my girlfriends and, you know, kind of my boyfriends on the kind of conversation, I don't mean in terms of relationship, but just the okay. difference between men and, and women, even like my brother and my, my sister and the kind of the way that I communicate with, with them and the kind of conversations we have is there a, a a difference i have a sense there is but i'm sure you will know between how men and women communicate the kind of things the kind of self introspection that a woman would do compared to a man would do and I know that it's like some men are saying hang on a moment Janice but you know generally is is that and where does that come from because I get a sense that women are quite good at looking into themselves and 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 working it out and going for personal development and and so when they come into a leadership role they're coming with a better knowledge of self
1: is that true It. it It's a generalization, but yes, right? Most of the time. But I think that we don't give men the space and the safety to feel like they can have those types of conversations. So I can say that like, when I have started a coaching relationship with a male client, and I truly give them the space to be vulnerable and open to talk through their fears and the things that are blocking them, I have heard in one single session, right? Like I'm thinking of this one male client that I had. He said, as we were wrapping up one hour, just one hour together, he said, I don't think I have ever shared this much with somebody this quick in my entire life. He's like, I don't know what you did, but like, I just, you know, I told you so many things that I have kept wrapped up inside of me for so long. And a lot of it was pertaining to he was expecting his first child and was going to be going out on paid parental leave and had all of these fears around what that was going to do to his career. And I don't think we create space um, or time for really anybody, but especially men to talk through some of those things, because they're just supposed to, our society tells them, right? Like be strong, suppress your feelings that those sort of fears don't apply to you, right? Like figure it out. Um, But we're all at the end of the day, humans, being humans and having real emotions. And I don't think he even realized how much those fears, um, around, you know, stalling his career progression were ha- like the impact it was having on his ability to show up in work today before yeah. he even went out on leave and probably impacting his relationship with his partner, right? Like, I'm sure that those feelings, cause he had not shared them with her were showing up Um, in certain ways at home. Right. And so I just think that we, we don't allow ourselves to talk through so many of the different feelings that we, we have, and we don't realize how by suppressing those feelings, it's impacting our ability to show up in all the different spaces that we do. Um, So the
0: other question I have, this is again another sense, but you'll know more than me, is the generational differences. My sense is that men, younger men, so Gen Z, Gen Y, are more open to um, be introspective and and have those kind of discussions that, you know, the baby boomers may be a bit more kind of shut, shut down. I get a sense with the conversations that I have with men of a variety of of ages that that may be the case. And I don't know, is it another generalisation? But, you know, this is my, my experience. And there's many more younger male sales leaders that are coming in. So they're coming in, if it's true what I'm thinking, they're coming in with this, kind of more open uh willing to be vulnerable sense
1: is is that the case do you think it's true i hope so but it's not always what i am seeing okay um, i am seeing it depends on the overall culture of your organization i think because a lot of these younger sales leaders right maybe their intuition is to be, create more space for vulnerability, to create more opportunity to connect with their um, team members. I think they are doing that to an extent, but at the tip top, right? There's all of this stress and pressure that is having them kind of put those types of things on the back burner. And so it's easier to go in, they, right? Like the, it's perceived that it's easier to go in. And, and when you have a monthly quota, just say, Hey rep, like our one-on-one has to be about diving into our entire pipe, your pipeline. We don't have time for career growth conversations. We don't have time to talk about, you know, the stressors that you have in your day-to-day life today. I'm going to let's dissect what is going on here and I'm going to tell you how to fix it, right? I just think because of the overall stress and pressure inside of a lot of organizations, even if their intuition is to be more introspective or to connect with their employees in a different way, they aren't almost in a sense allowed to do that because they that may detract from hitting their monthly or quarterly number. And it's sad, right? I, 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 I think that the answer to that is, one, um, on the individual level, getting really, really clear with yourself around how important those things are, so that even when there is pressure from the top to conduct yourself in that way, you have the confidence to push back and say, hey, look, I hear you. Thank you so much. But I know that this is going to be the way that I get the most out of my people. And I want to do what's best for them. But that's really hard, right, to have that sort of confidence. The other thing is at the executive level, right, like thinking more long term, and not just saying, We have to hit quota every single month, like realizing that in order to really invest in our people, there are going to have to be longer conversations around energy and their motivators and true coaching conversations, helping these people Solve problems on their own versus leaders coming in and just fixing, or what I call like super reping, where they go in and actually do the job for their reps because they were super, you know, successful high um, individual contributors. It's just it's complicated. There's so many layers to all of it. Um, is that does that? Yeah, resonate yeah. No,
0: I th- I think it's um, really interesting that the kind of look culture is the overriding um filter in which things either get through or, or 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 don't and i think on the other side of that one of the drivers is that the uh, they i work with organizations they often have quite an aging workforce of sales people long in the tooth know what they're doing yeah but buyers have changed the environments changed. we need to modernize in, in a different way and you know that we need to bring in um new people and you Younger people aren't always attracted to to sales and and your competitive advantage in the future is going to be by having this y- y- this unique workforce that are very much connected and and work across different um generations so you often have three or four generations with in, in the workforce, but it's not going to work unless you you have an influx of of people um coming in now if you have that culture that you talked about then you're not going to have the younger generations coming into sales because they won't put up with that, will they? So how do organizations start to navigate this change in so many more generations in the sales workforce and having to attract in, keep their their long stayers there, but also because they don't want that knowledge to leave the organization – But also to attract in the, you know, the Gen Z and, uh, you know, and so forth into the organization so they have a workforce
1: for the future. I think it starts with, right, like really helping the existing people inside of the organization become more aware of, again, I'm talking about energy, but like a big thing that I hear with people that have been in sales for a long time, they are filled with assumptions, and these assumptions are what is really holding them back right like they're very quick to say and i'm generalizing right but i have heard this a lot they're very quick to say and this goes for everybody it's not gen, a gender situation it's i have been in sales for 15 20 years and this type of buyer is never going to buy from us right and it, and they and they they shut things down so quickly based off of past experience. And what they don't realize is that may have been true in the past, Mm -hmm. but this is a completely different situation with completely different fires and circumstances and motivators. And for us to shut things down and make assumptions right out of the gate is so harmful, right? And so I think that just helping to expand People's gaps in logic, right and not not in a way that is judgmental, but through a lens of like curiosity, helping sales leaders or sales leaders and sales reps who have been in this field for so long to let go of some of those assumptions and some of that judgment and shift into curiosity and connection and opportunity um, is going to not only benefit the sales culture and sales organization, organization, but their life in general, right? Mm -hmm. I think we as salespeople are often jaded because so much of our job is hearing no's, you know, we hear no's all of the time and that can really wear on us, especially if you've been in the career for 20, 30 years, but that can be, we can help, we can help with that just by, you know, showing people that it's okay to get curious about those no's. And even in those no's, there are lessons um, and there's opportunity, Um, but it's hard to see that sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, excellent. So you talked a lot uh, about um, opportunity and in the no's, the relationship with customers. So in your experience, what uh, extent does customer experience impact sales?
1: Oh man, the customer experience is everything. Right. But one thing that I, I always think about, um, more so now, and I ask my coaching clients, right? Like, which I don't think is very typical. Um, I'll ask them, how do you think your sales process, how you've been running your sales process is making these people feel right? Like, how do you think the products that you're selling is making these people feel Because at the end of the day, right, like we are just people with feelings buying from people with feelings and we make purchasing decisions based off of those feelings. You know, there's all these different sales methodologies that say, like, get to that third level pain, get to that personal pain. And it's hard to get to that personal pain if we don't, if we're unable to put ourselves in the shoes of our customer and really understand how. Every touch point that we have with them is making them feel, so that's really my goal um, is less about the you know the product and more about the, the feelings of how our product or our sales process or our email correspondence, all of those different things are making the, the customer feel.
0: That's really interesting. How how do you you know you have the net promoter score and all of these things that actually are not really used in the way that they were supposed they were designed for and often misused and and you, they we all get these on our phone we do something minor and then we get a whole series of emails and then you you know your customer instead of feeling great about you they they feel like oh I wish this person would would go away so you know how do you measure it? Uh, um, in a way that it's transferable and becomes part of the culture that you're aware of how things, whether it's the service, the the products, the whatever you do, that there is a kind of a female, uh, there is a, a, a feeling feedback loop. How do you do that in an organization?
1: Yeah, so I think a couple of different ways. When I work with my clients one-on-one, a lot of what we talk through is building stronger communication skills with our customers, right? Like not be in prospects, not being afraid to ask them about how the process is making them feel, right? Like, so for example, um, you know, prefacing each call with, I'm gonna, you know, this is what you can expect during this call. At the end of this conversation, after we talk through everything that you want to discuss and some of the things that I want to discuss, I'm going to ask you how you feel in terms of moving forward with me and the products that I'm offering you. Are you okay with that? Yes, (laughs) right? Just being more comfortable having human centric conversations with our buyers um, and not shying away from some of those questions that get to the root of how they're feeling. Right. Um, Things like before you even go into the sales process, what do you want this sales process to feel like? Yeah. Get that information from them. And then on the company level, I think that we have a real opportunity to send more surveys Throughout the sales process, mm. right, um, in an automated fashion that goes directly to sales leadership, um, one question survey: How you know if you could rate your sales engage your engagement with our sales rep one to ten? What would the rating be so far? Mm. Um, just to gauge how things are going, because I don't think we we really give our prospects and customers the opportunity to raise that sort of information um, on a regular basis. And how it is framed is really important though, because you don't want sales reps to be scared that they're going to be getting this potentially negative feedback on a very regular basis. So how you frame feedback That it's a gift, that it's not going to be used against them, that is simply a tool for us to get better and stronger as a unit and for us to hone in on some of the ways that we want to, as a company, develop them. That's um, the only way that it's going to be, you know, received as like a a gift and not something that's going to be um, used to kind of like punish them or as a scare tactic.
0: Love that. Love that. So if you're on a desert island,
1: what would be the one thing you took with you? (laughs) Well, this might not be surprising to those listening, but it would be my journal Mm. so that I could you know, journal about my feelings. And if I'm all by myself, right, I'm gonna want to write things down about what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling and what I'm learning, what's frustrating me, um, how desperately I want to be with people again, <laughs> you know, so yeah, my journal. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing your, your experience, your energy. Um, I've absolutely loved talking to you. So thank you for being a guest on Scale Your Sales podcast, Tara.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Thank you for
0: listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.